You're listening to The New Leaf Project, sharing stories from instigators, innovators, planters and starters from across Canada. Hi, my name is Elle. And I'm Jared. And you're listening to The New Leaf Project. Thanks so much for tuning in and hanging out with us today. We have got a very artistic and meditative episode for you today. And you probably couldn't have two worse hosts for something <laughs> meditative. Yes, it's, 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 uh, it's not my, I'm not very good at it. I usually get five minutes into a meditative kind of exercise and say, all right, what's next? So it's, yep. I'm not so great. What about you? No. H- how are you with meditative practices? Well, you know, I have what the, my school teachers used to call the ants in the pants. Oh, and I can't, insane. yeah, I just can't, I can't, I'm not a good focuser uh, sometimes. Um, but today's episode isn't just about meditation, though. It's, it's, it's actually, it's, it's artistic, as you mentioned. Yes. Because we're talking about a book that our friend Rohadi Nagasar, a new leafer out there in Calgary, he's a church planter. Last year, he got this idea for starting an adult coloring book. Now, I don't know much about these adult coloring books, as you'll hear in the episode, so he's going to school me on how they work. But it is a, it's, a, it's a mad craze out there that the, that the adults are doing, and they, they get together and they color. And uh, one of the, the most popular adult coloring books, as I was told, uh, is swear words, uh, swear but Rahadi has yeah. I don't know why um, <laughs> this is a thing, but it is. And so Rahadi had this idea that he was going to create an adult coloring book that helps you reflect on um, biblical passages along the themes of restoration. And honestly, what's so weird about doing an episode about a coloring book? in a primarily audio environment is that you're not going to see what we're talking about. But here's my suggestion. Uh, If you're listening to this podcast in your car, be safe. Don't do anything. Uh, But if you're listening in your house, go to soulcoats.com and just open it up and you'll see these amazing 72 pages. It is There's lots of samples out there. And just just so you have some idea of what what we're talking about. But what I love about Rohati is he's the kind of guy that when he gets an idea in his head, he just, he pulls it off. He executes. And I think that's something that's really key to, to the, the basis of the New Leaf Project is trying to encourage people to start new things. Not think about starting, but actually get started. And, and I hope you find this episode really inspiring in that way, because I definitely did. Yeah, it's a beautiful, beautiful coloring book and a really great episode. So here it is. This is the interview with Rohati and Soul Coats here on the New Leaf Project. Hello, everybody. Uh, it's Jared here. I'm here with uh, Rahadi Nagasar, and uh, he's a, a church planter in Calgary. Um, he's uh, a part of the New Leaf Network, and recently he uh, has completed a project where he's constructed an adult coloring book. Um, so, Rahadi, how did you kind of get into this uh, this world of adult 
coloring. I, it's, it's a new world to me. Is, is this, are you an artist or is this something that, uh, that's a part of, of, of how you express yourself? Uh, yeah. Well, thanks for including me here on the podcast. It's a good question. Yeah. I, I would say that I'm definitely somebody who has some creative aspects in me for sure, but it's predominantly writing. Um, so when the idea of the coloring book came up, um, I, I sort of approached it as an opportunity, really. The coloring book world started to creep up in 2015, really. It started to hit that kind of fad pace. And one day I was just at a Thanksgiving dinner and some of the women there were talking about coloring books. And I'd heard about this before. I knew it was a growing trend, but hadn't really paid much attention to it. Why would I? I, I had never colored before. Uh, it sounds almost whimsical. And so I asked them, is there a Bible version? And that's maybe the entrepreneur in me who's curious to know, is there a potential here for something that's so popular? Maybe the, there's room for a, a Christian version of that. And they said no. And so what I did is I checked and as I checked, I kind of jokingly said, uh, if there isn't one, I'll make it. So I looked. <laughs> so that's kind of how you roll. Is that like Part, that's... <laughs> uh, partly if I had not opened my big mouth, I wouldn't have been saddled with this project. <laughs> um, so that was part of it. I, I said I would. And so I looked and there were only a couple. And then I didn't really think about the idea until Christmas. And Christmas came, and if you were in Canada or the U.S., coloring books took off. There was coloring books for every type of genre. There were coloring books. Everybody was getting coloring books. You were buying coloring books through your mom and your grandma, and they were loving it. And so coloring books just exploded. It literally saved print industry. That's what they say. Print wow. industry, uh, soft cover books, they, that industry grew, and that was because of coloring books. So I said, I'm going to take a closer look at this from a business perspective, right? and I'm going to decide whether or not it makes sense. And I bought all the coloring books that were out on the market. I took a look at, the, at them. I wasn't impressed with the art and the quality, and I said, I could beat that. Only one problem. I can't draw. <laughs> so, so you're a guy who started a, a coloring book and, and you can't draw. So I'm creative. I, I have yeah. vision. I can see these things. I can't draw. So luckily, I have a friend. So my best friend, I walk up to him. He's an illustrator. Have you heard of uh, the Batman before? I, I have. I have. He's so the I illustrator said, for Batman? He's one of the illustrators for, for Batman right Holy now. Smokes. He's done other stuff to plug him. He's done Constantine. Uh, he's done Proof. Um, he's done others. Just look him up, wow. Riley Rosmo. So I said, Rye, uh, how about this idea? He said, yeah, that, that could work. It sounds kind of neat. I kind of gave him the idea of I want to create a book that's going to be reflective of the grand narrative that God has of restoration. And I think we can follow the idea that coloring books seem to be this thing that people want to pick up and participate in as a way to de-stress. I think we can tell a Bible story from start to end that's going to fit and will look beautiful. What do you think? And he was, he, he thought it would, it would potentially work. So the next piece was, I can't draw. So he wasn't going to do it. I needed help to find people. And so there was one rule and that was, I want to know the illustrators by relationship, either through him or through me. And 
So that really started. We got some names of people who would believe in the project. And uh, from that point, this was now beginning of January, we found one of the key illustrators. I gave her a, a potential scene, just a test. She came back with something just prolific and beautiful. And I said, okay, if you have the time to do this, we're going to go. And she did. And so we pulled the trigger at the beginning of January and the rest is history. So, so the upshot of this is you actually have a physical book that's available for sale, uh, basically anywhere. Is that correct? Or yeah, not quite. So when I created it, um, I also opened a publishing house. That's the only way it was going to work financially, um, to get money back. So wherever you have a computer and Amazon, that's where you can get the book. So it's available on Amazon. Or if you're in Calgary, you can get it from me or any of the Christian bookstores here. Um, but it's in Amazon. It's not at Chapters. And but it's available now. It came out in June. So really excited to see. That's that's awesome. And I, I'm, I'm really looking forward to, to to where this book goes in the future. Can, can we talk a little bit, just for a moment, about uh, coloring book culture? Because I I my myself I'm not I I'm not very familiar with doing it. I my son just got a coloring book um for Doctor Who. Um but the idea like that adults uh fully grown adults are doing this is a bit of a new thing for me. So can you talk about like kind of where this came from and 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 maybe what people are doing through the coloring book thing? Whether it's a fad or not, I don't know. But what it is, is that it's a method to de-stress. It's a way to start using your fingers. Like maybe it's knitting, but now it's also coloring. Uh, it's a way to step away from the screens, from the TV, that kind of mindless work, and do something slightly mindless, but with your hands, and to touch, and to use uh, that as an exercise of contemplation, to use it as almost a, a meditative practice, um, it, it's a tactile experience. So those things are, are attractive, I think. And, and when we created this book, it wasn't a matter of can we just create something that was uh, that people could just use. It wasn't meant to be something just uh, to be done in utility. It was something that we said, okay, you want to color? Great. We're going to give you something beautiful. But not only that, we're going to try to connect it into a, a story as well. And so it becomes... Uh, a little bit more impactful, hopefully. So there's actually an accompanying study guide we're giving away for free with it as just an attempt to interact with people who are in the scenes, um, in the scriptures there, and to ask reflective questions and to say, hey, uh, how's restoration or the things in your life, how are you dealing with with stress or, or how are you dealing with uh, trusting God? Just these simple things and, and reflections connected with a coloring scene. So we're trying to take it a bit deeper, but I think for, for the most part, it's, it's just an, an exercise in slowing down in an otherwise noisy world. This is, this actually has the potential to become part of your prayer life, to become part of, of, of how you connect to God as well, which I, I think is really uh, an interesting dimension to this project. So let's talk a, a little bit about the process and about, about how, um, you, you chose the artists and, and how they, um, they, they connected to this project. Like from my understanding, you said that, that not all of the artists, um, that were a part of the project 
were, were Christians. So tell me a little bit about, about how that worked and, and, and how you worked with, with them to, to bring this to the, to yeah, the world. Yeah, yeah, sure. The, the process was I had a storyboard. So the, the whole book does follow a narrative uh, through illustrations. And so with each of the scenes, I had maybe just under 100 of them. I picked them out to about 60 and then I sent them out to the illustrators I thought would do well with them. Mm. And so the the rule was you need to have some relationship with either Riley or myself, um, but you don't have to necessarily be Christian. You have to believe in the project, um, but you don't have to swear on the Bible kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And so I sent all the ideas to the illustrators and and we would then go back and forth. I would say, this is what I want to see highlighted. This is what I want to see um, maybe pushed to the side. And then they would thumbnail something. We would talk about it, and away they went. Um, no cliche scenes. That was actually one of the parameters. Right. And so when we came to a point where we were dealing with non-Christians who were, who were picking up some really important scenes— um, I, I would have to actually explain some components to them, okay. but the cliche part wasn't wasn't uh, something that I had to worry about, right? There's only so many ways you can do uh, the the visiting magi, right? For right. example, but when it comes to something like Golgotha on that hill, how do you depict the three standing crosses in a way that's fresh? Uh, that's a huge challenge, and and the dude who did Golgotha in this book. It's not a Christian. So what I did for everybody, I gave them my take, what I wanted to see, and the scripture for context. And so I gave him all of that. I said, this is what I want to see featured, but I'm not quite sure how to do this so it's not cliche. And what he came back with was something really neat and something I've never seen before. It, it's not three crosses. It's three trees. So it's representational. Um, but it's also done in this sort of Japanese-style illustration. It, it's almost three-tiered. Now, there's no subliminal messages in the book, nothing like that. Um, but it does kind of have this collision, almost this dualistic collision of heaven and hell uh, with these three uh, trees, one of them being more prolific than the others. Uh, and that's Golgotha. And you can color that. Um, so dealing with these folks was, was, was an, a pleasure. And I would do it again in the same manner, maybe not as many illustrators as that was tough to manage. Uh, but what came back, I was really impressed with it. It's a beautiful book and, and they did really well to take scenes that in many respects, for example, Daniel, how do you do Daniel's vision or Ezekiel's wheels? That's crazy. Uh, because it is crazy. Have you read yeah. that stuff? Yeah, it's, it's so, a very, that's a very, it's a visual thing that I've only ever seen in my head. So to see someone else's interpretation of that would be completely fascinating. Did anybody surprise you with, with what they came up with? Yeah, I mean, there were, there were some pieces here where you just kind of look at and go, wow, that is cool. There's, uh, I'm thinking of maybe the upper room as the Holy Spirit descends upon that upper room. Well, the take of it was these flowing waves that are cascading down onto the houses. And, and this is something you can color, right? Uh, Daniel's vision is another, but uh, how do you do those things that are they're scary? How do you do that in a way that's restorative? We didn't do a lot of faces or characters in the book intentionally, but the healed woman from uh, Mark 5, 
she's in it. And, and it's just a really neat interpretation that's focusing on this woman. And we don't think of her as having a prolific story, but this is a grand uh, picture of, of healing. And to capture these pieces in illustrations, some of them just kind of make you go, wow. And it wound up being an exercise in beauty. I, I, what I really like about this is, is that, I mean, I, I, I'm a, the one illustration that I saw, which was the burning bush, it's a, it's a very, very intricate image that the truth be told, if I was to try and color it, that would be hours of, of work on my part. And just to spend time reflecting on what, what this is about sounds like a, a really powerful invitation. I, I'm, this is exciting. That's a good word, actually. Invitation is a good word. And there's no, I, I have an intro and an epilogue as kind of uh, the text for it. But other than that, it's just illustrations. And that's why we did this, this reflective guide with it. It's because you can sit down and spend your hours uh, spending time to just to fill in the calming storm. And you can reflect on the scripture itself. And you can reflect on some of the questions of where is God in your life right now calming you through your own storms? And to think about that either by yourself or maybe we're going to try to switch it here and say, hey, color with with uh, your friends in a group, a small group study with coloring book. That, that sounds like an amazing experience. Like it, it, the truth is, when I first started this uh, conversation with you, I wasn't too sure, I mean, with the coloring part. But the truth is, this sounds very meditative and sounds like it would be another way to interact with, with Scripture because I, uh, I've never tried to interact with Scripture this way. Well, you know what? And what's huge right now to take this in a different direction is, is uh, Illustrated Bible. And that's the next big thing, at least in all of Christendom. Um, and that's just leaving wide margins in scriptures and giving people a chance to interact in a different way by drawing out some of the things that they are pulling out from the scriptures. So uh, I didn't go in that route necessarily, but I did say, as you color here, this is connected into a bigger picture, a bigger story. And uh, hopefully by doing it in this way and participating it, in this way, in this manner, you're going to be able to pull out something new. Absolutely. That's, that's really exciting. You know, I went to a, a monastery once and I, when I first had, had, had learned about uh, some of Ignatius, uh, some of the Ignatian contemplation uh, uh, activities and exercises you can do. Um, when I was speaking to, to the spiritual director there and saying to her, you know, I, I, um, uh, I, I'm not sure I, I interpreted that scripture correctly when I was meditating and 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 visualizing it and imagining it. And and she looked at me with the saddest look in her face and she said, oh man, you Protestants, the only thing you knew, know to do with the Bible is study it. And I think what, what you're inviting us into here is something... Um, is an entirely new kind of experience. It's a it's a it's a different way to connect to these stories that many of us are are very familiar with. And maybe you're right. We'll we'll see something, see something really new in all of that. Yeah. Rather than study, can we stop and pause and dwell in the scripture and in the stories uh, in a new way? And I I think that's going to open up some some different perceptions and perspectives. 
So tell me about the the, the future of the book. I'm, I need to sell the book so it doesn't uh, wind up in my garage and I can give it away for Christmas for the next 20 years. <laughs> uh, there's a ton of books. It's doing well in Canada. It needs to sell in the States. Uh, I really hope it does. Um, and because there's just so much opportunity in it here. So it's really a process now of marketing. So there's that business side. If it sells well, and I really hope it does, there's the opportunity now to express. There's no end in the Bible. What stories you can pick out. One of the things that I always find curious, Rohati, about the kind of church planter type of a person, you are a church planter, um, is this whole idea of, of you see a gap and then somehow you take responsibility for trying to do something in that gap. So help me understand uh, that process for you and, and how, how you, how it, it, it uh, connected into this project. How, why do you do yeah, that? that? Why do you take responsibility for these things? It's not responsibility. I think part of it perhaps is, is in other things in church planning, for example, it's calling. Mm -hmm. uh, this one was more opportunity. So I'm an entrepreneur. I saw an opportunity and I wanted to create as well. I'm a writer. I like to write. And this was just a way to, to uh, as an outlet, I guess, for my creative expression. Mm -hmm. uh, there's really no shortage of ideas. Everybody has ideas. We all have that moment where we say, oh, I thought of that. Why, why didn't I make it happen? And the thing that's missing is we don't. We don't turn ideas and make them real. And it's hard. It's hard. So I have tons and tons of ideas. Everybody does. But there's something to be said of following through with ideas or creative expressions and just doing them. Uh, not just doing them for the sake of, well, gosh, sometimes you actually do do them for the sake of just doing them because it's work and you have to treat it as work. Um, other times you have this prompting, you have this call, and you can't deny your call. You go forward even though it might hurt or even though it makes no sense or even if it puts you on the outside looking in. Uh, you respond. Our measure isn't so much, you know, how much we do. Um, our measure isn't so much uh, the, the impact that we have. I think our measure is connected into our faithfulness. And it's being faithful in the things that we are given. And that's just a matter of do we say yes and, and go. So sometimes it's easy to be a Netflixer and just say yes to uh <laughs> watching Netflix all day and other times you put things aside and and say yes and I'll go so the coloring book was a was a cool enterprise I had the good fortune of being able to spend time and and to and to fund it um, what comes next I have some ideas and it'll take a bit of work to to make them real but you know I go and whether or not it works is not the is not the the reason why uh, I'm just trying to respond and say yes to what's been given to me. One of the things I really find fascinating about that, that impulse that, that I find starters and planters have is, is that they're able to turn that dream or that thought or that idea into action. Um, and uh, you know, some listeners are, are people who they have ideas too. And, and uh, things that they're, 
kept awake at night by things that God is probably communicating to them. Um, but w- what kind of advice would you give somebody who who is it finds themselves with, captivated yeah. by a thought? What would you suggest yeah. that they do? Yeah, I mean, there's certainly a strategic process to it, but it doesn't have to be that complex. And when it comes to church planning, I think we've made it far too complex. Uh, if you have an idea, a prompting, gosh, if you were being held up at night over an idea, that is a telltale sign. You have to make that idea real. You're up all night about it. You have to make that idea real. So the trite answer is just do it. Just do it. Um, and I understand that's actually a little bit too simple. Sometimes we have uh, things just going for us or we have the right uh, scenario or situation. I could do this coloring book because I had the time and money to do it. Not everybody could do it in that way. Um, so just do it would be one of them. But if the other component is you're going to jump and go. You need to go. You need to just do it. Don't worry about the failure. If we want a podcast on entrepreneurs and failure, uh, we could fill the podcast for months upon end. And I've, I have failed repeatedly. But but entrepreneurs are not risky people. Church planners, they're not risky people. In fact, we're risk averse. I didn't do the coloring book because I just wanted to do a pretty project. I did the coloring book because I also did the market research that said that this will make sense. There's still a risk to it but I think that it will sell. And so the same thing applies to other ideas. You can still do work to ensure that there's the right pieces in play and you can mitigate your risk. But at the end of the day, you jump, you go, and you take your ideas and make them real. And Don't worry about failing though. I, I mean, that yeah, don't, oh yeah. gosh, don't ever let that hold you back. That, Failure, we need to be, and this is the next one, next podcast, okay? We need to be okay with failing and to plan that three out of four of our attempts at new community will fail, and that's okay because next time you're going to fail better. That's a, that, I think that's really important word to to say. We need we need to be free to fail. We need to be free to to take these risks. Uh, yeah, we can be smart about the risks we take, but but getting off the couch, shutting Netflix off and trying something that you're really passionate about or really excited about. I think that's a really important impulse and we need more Christians doing exactly that. So if, yeah, if people want to, to find it, how do they, how do they go about it? Yeah. If you're in Calgary, it's at any of the Christian bookstores, but otherwise uh, you pick it up on Amazon. Okay. So you go to amazon.ca and the book is called Soul Coats Restoration, and you'll find it. It's Soul Coats is the is the line, it's the brand, and then Restoration is this particular theme. So Soul okay. Coats Restoration. Okay, so people, if you uh, if you want to uh, really engage with uh, uh, with God's Word, if you really want to be engaged in this story of restoration. Uh, you want to shut the screen off and you want to just kind of do something a bit more meditative. Um, uh, check this out on Amazon. I know I am, I'm going to be, and I'd like to have some of these coloring books at some of the new leaf events going forward, because, uh, I just think this is such a cool idea. It's not something I'm very used to. I don't have, I'm not a colorer myself, but, uh, this book, um, is inspiring me to change my mind. So, 
Go check it out. Rohati, thanks for being on the show. Really appreciate your time. Thanks so much for having me. We're going to chat soon. Well, thanks for that interview, Jared. It was great. You have to check out the website, soulcoats.com. It really is a beautiful, beautiful coloring book. Um, Coloring books are like really a thing. I I heard, I don't know if it's true or not, but I heard that last Christmas Crayola was running low on their pencil crayon supply because all the adults were coloring. My my hipster parents, I know my hipster parents, they are loving the adult coloring books. So it is a thing and we are so happy that Rahati shared his story with us. Honestly, once you'll see it, you'll be like, ah. It is beautiful. So check it out, soulcoats.com. You can pick up the book on Amazon as well. Be sure to check out all the things that Rohati is up to. It was a great interview. So thanks so much for bringing it to us, Jared. Yeah, he's a very prolific guy. Blogs at calgarychurch.com. He is on on Twitter and, uh, and, and all over the place on the social media. He helps us out with social media behind the scenes at the New Leaf Network. And uh, yeah, Rohati, uh, great guy, and uh, really, really happy to have have shared a part of his story. We're going to have other episodes with Rohati in the future, so stay tuned for that. And uh, I guess this is it, so we'll say see you next time. Thanks for listening to the New Leaf Podcast. You can find us on the web at newleafnetwork.ca or head on over to our Facebook page, New Leaf Network. We have events, workshops, and conversations happening all the time. We would love if you could join us as we share the stories of planters and stars all across Canada.